the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Frank Sontag Show. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and I'll be filling in today. Hey, I'd like to start the top of this hour with a verse of encouragement. How about that? Right from the Word of God, the greatest book ever written to all humanity from God Himself. Hey, it says in Philippians 4.13, familiar verse, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow, what a promise that is. But there are some contingencies of that, just so you know. Uh, Since we know that Scripture interprets Scripture, God will never violate His own Word in another place. Meaning, if you're a thief, God's not going to give you all strength to do all things like go rob more banks. He's not going to do that. But He will give us strength to live a life over all the hardships that we have to endure, and to be victorious in that walk with Him. And one area that many of us might need, well, let's just say a little help in, today is marriage. So this hour, we're going to talk a little bit about marriage. What are some of the ups and downs of your marriage? I wonder if there's anyone out there that's struggling a little bit in their marriage. Maybe you've had some letdowns, some frustrations Well, you can call in and share those here today. Our call-in number is 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. Yes, you might have made this commitment. Imagine what that commitment, how it all started. It was just one little phrase, I do. It only consisted of three letters, yet it consumed the lives of millions around the world. It's a phrase that, well, most little girls dreamed of from the time they were in preschool all the way through to the time when that one day happened, when you looked into the eyes of that Prince Charming and they said with so much love and compassion, with tears flowing down their cheeks, with total conviction, I do. Yes, without a doubt, the majority of people today will one day get married. But what is marriage really all about? The Bible says in Proverbs 18.22 that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But what does that even mean? I have a quote here from a seven-year-old. His name is Kenny. (laughs) The seven-year-old said this quote, It gives me a headache to think about all that stuff. I'm just a kid. I don't need that kind of trouble. End quote. (laughs) I wonder how many of us have thought the same thing. Yes, marriage can work out really easy in our dreams, but making it happen in real life can give us all, well, a headache. It all starts, of course, with love. Love is so awesome. It gives us goosebumps and chills. Don't we love that? Yet somewhere along the path of marriage, all those goosebumps that are filled with warm, fuzzy feelings can, well, abandon us. That's when we can think that, well, is the love gone? 
I, I don't have the warm fuzzies anymore. I, I don't know what's happening here. So we must understand that at times, the very term love and marriage, well, they can be contrasting terms. Let's, let's take a second here to look at how these terms can change, for example. Like, love can be filled with goosebumps at just a glance when our eyes just first meet someone across the room, right? Like, oh, you get that little shot through the spine. Like, oh, wow, that is so good. So love can be filled with goosebumps, but marriage is when we no longer care on how we even look anymore. Why is that? It's like one thing that me and my wife always said, we're going to take care of each other. You know, my wife, she always is in great shape. Did you see that article with Ashton Kutcher today and his wife? It's like they said they don't bathe every day and, you know, they just kind of clean up every now and then. I'm like, okay, well, I have two words for that. You stink. Okay, anyway, that's just me. But uh, it's always wonderful to know that my wife always, you know, is hygienically clean. She's always has always has her hair done. I'm just saying it's a good thing. Here's another couple of contrasting terms between love and marriage. Love is when we share everything we own and we want to give even more than that. Marriage is when what's hers is hers along with what's yours is hers also. Oh, here's another contrast with love and marriage. Love is when you write poems about your partner. Marriage is when the poetry sounds like this. Roses are red. Violets are blue. The car needs washing and, well, so do you. (laughs) Well, there you go. Here's another one. Love is when you phone each other just to say hi. Marriage is when you phone each other only to tell your spouse what they forgot to do. So if it's really true that marriage is good in love, why is it that most people struggle after they get married? See, so people can't wait to get married, but then afterwards all they do is, well, some people complain about it. Listen to this person's definition of a spouse. Uh, They said, quote, it's someone who will stand by you through all of your trouble that you wouldn't have had if you would have stayed single. Wow. You know, they said this about being married. It's like flies on a screen door. It's the ones on the outside want to get in and the ones on the inside. Well, they want to get out. You remember Mickey Rooney? He was a famous classic movie actor. He did a ton of movies, you know, back in the day. But he was married eight times. And he said this quote, always get married in the morning. That way, if it doesn't work out, you haven't wasted a whole day. I wonder how many of you have a couple stories of your own here, a couple struggles maybe. Again, you can call here about your marriage. You don't have to use your real name. Use a fictitious name. But our number is 888-528-528. Two five five seven. Because I think that maybe someone could use a little word of encouragement about marriage today. That number again is 888-528-2557. Yes, people will do all kinds of things in marriage. It was Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, and he said this about marriage. He says, keep your eyes wide open before marriage and half shut afterwards. Wow. See, what he's saying is, when you're in that courtship, and I'm talking to you singles right now, if you're in that courtship time, and you're you know, wanting to get married, because I've had many people come to me as a pastor and say, oh, pastor, we want to get married. I go, oh, great. Well, how long have you guys been courting? How long have you been dating? 
oh, like three weeks. I'm like, three weeks? You want to get married already? Oh, yes. We're just made perfect for each other. Really? Yes. Okay. I go, well, then I ask a question. Well, what do you guys do when you're in a knockdown, drag out fight, when you just can't agree on a particular subject and you're just, you're at each other's throat? How do you have any conflict resolution when you get to that point where you're so frustrated with each other, you don't even want to be in the same room? And they'll look at me really strangely and they'll say, well, we never fight. We, we get along great. Uh, we stay up all night and just talk to each other. We're made perfect for each other. See, that's why you should not be getting married because you've never even had an argument yet. This is why it's good to do what Abraham, you know, I mean, I, excuse me, from what Benjamin Franklin said, he said, keep your eyes wide open, have a long courtship, you know, take time to really get to know each other. Don't see just the good part, but let's see the bad part also. That's why George Lichtenberg said this quote, love is blind, but marriage restores your sight. That's right. <laughs> marriage will always restore your sight. But again, Why is it that 50% of marriages today end in divorce if everything is so great? Why is that? What are we missing here? What about all the wedding vows that we made before God, before our family and our friends, you know, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health until death do us part? What happened? It's like, how could you call it quits? Maybe those vows should be replaced Maybe we should actually say in our vows what we actually expect in marriage. Imagine if we changed vows today, okay? And these vows would be what vows? They would be vows that would resemble what people expect today. So you here, let me have a, an example of these vows. Here, here it is. Are you ready? Okay, they would sound like this. We're talking about Ken and Barbie here, of course, okay, because Ken and Barbie always got married, right? Okay, so I can take you, Barbie, to be my wife. I promise to love you as long as you still look good in that bikini. (laughs) I will honor and keep you as long as you keep the drama to a minimum. Uh, In sickness and health, as long as it's not COVID and contagious, for richer or for poorer, Yet, uh, I only do richer, so don't lose your modeling job. Uh, For better or for worse, as long as you know, uh, I only do better. In sadness and in joy, as long as you lose the tears and flash that smile, we'll all be fine. I will cherish you, not as much as sports, but I do care about you. Forsaking all others, except for my night out with the guys. Ah, yes, Barbie, I promise to love you as long as we both shall live, unless someone more beautiful comes along. Then the preacher turns to Barbie. She has that big old smile, big old, you know, sparkles coming off her teeth, he says. And Barbie said, yes, I take you, Ken, as my dreamboat husband. I promise to love you as long as your six-pack doesn't turn into a keg. And you have a whole head of hair, of course. To comfort you, as long as you treat me like a princess, I will honor and keep you as long as it doesn't cut into my me time for touching up my roots and doing my nails. In sickness and in health, I promise to come pick you up after your mother nurses you back to health. (laughs) For richer or for poorer, as long as you keep my Nima Marcus credit card, 
forsaking all others, except, of course, for my girls' night out. I promise my, my love to you as long as we both shall live. Hey, look, Ken, I'm high maintenance, so learn to deal with it, and we will get along just fine. Well, who would say wedding vows like that? Other than Ken and Barbie, of course. But it's like we almost think those things because it's all about us with some. Well, on a serious note, we know that at least two things are going to happen in life. Number one, most people today will want to get married. You know, the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. Well, therefore, if it's not good for a man to be alone, it's not good for a woman to be alone either. And then number two, they want to be happily married. You know, I was in Central Park, and this is before, of course, you know, defund the police and you'll get mugged if you go to New York. But anyway, uh, just as a side note, but I was taking my wife to, uh, uh, you know, New York City for, I, I think it was like our 15th anniversary at the time. We've been there several times, but I think it was like the 15th anniversary. And so we're walking in Central Park and there's this couple in front of us. And they're probably like every bit of the mid-80s. I mean, it's an older couple. And so they're walking, and the guy's just looking straight ahead. And his wife, about every three steps, she would look up at him, kind of smile, and then look back and walk. And then she'd look up. And it was just so sweet walking behind this couple. I'm thinking, what has this couple been married, like 60 years or something? And I'm just thinking, like, I want that. That's what I want. I, I want that. I want to end with this woman. And I've told my wife this many times. Hey, listen, woman, I started with you and I'm going to end with you. <laughs> it's like that's what I've told her. Now, listen, we're talking about marriage today in this hour. So if you have anything that you'd like to share about marriage, whether it's good, positive or negative, I'd like to hear it. You can give me a call at 888-528-2557. That's 888 888- Five two eight two five five seven. So what are those issues that you're facing in your marriage? You know, again, why is it when we're dating that we seem to be so forgiving? We seem to be so tolerant. In the, there's no place in the Bible for, hey, I'm tired of you. There's no place in the Bible. Get this. Are you ready? Are you ready? No place in the Bible for irreconcilable differences. Oh, isn't that what we see on all the divorce papers now? Irreconcilable differences. What does that even mean, irreconcilable differences? Well, it kind of means like, well, I'm not going to start and try anymore. I'm done. It's over. It's finished. Count me out. I'm clocking out. It's over. That's what irreconcilable differences mean. I just don't want to work on it anymore. There's no place in the Bible for, well, you know what? You're not my soulmates. Because obviously my soulmate will continue to treat me like a princess, and you're not. You have become a hairy beast. See, God has called us all to make it work. He's called us all to make it work. Think about that. He wants us to work on this. Isn't it amazing how you read through the Bible? By the way, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn. Core Church Los Angeles, I'm filling in for Frank Sontag here on the Frank Sontag Show, and today we're talking about marriage. Again, something that you'd like to share, positive, negative, where you're at, having troubles, problems, call me at 
2557. But God has called us all to humble ourselves and to become bondservants. That's an interesting word, isn't it? Bondservants. It comes from the Greek word doulois. And what it means is that I have chosen by my own free will and desire to become a slave to the Lord. Man, we don't like that word slave. We like the word servant is okay, but not slave. But yet God has called us to deny ourselves and to be who he's called us to be. It's amazing how God says this about marriage in the book of Malachi. He says, I hate divorce. I hate it. Wow. I mean, it's not like, you know, I kind of don't like it. It's not something that I really enjoy. No, God says, I despise this. Wow. Now, how is a marriage supposed to work these days? I guess if you ask a lot of marriage counselors, they say, well, marriage should be 50-50. We should work on this together. Let's take the household chores and let's split them right down the middle. And I guess it's wonderful when things do work out kind of like 50-50. You do your part, I'll do mine. But isn't that how the world looks at things? Hey, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. As long as you're scratching where it itches with me, I'll scratch where it itches with you. But a healthy marriage, understand, at times, it's not 50-50. At times, it's 100 nothing because you have one person that is going through maybe struggles in a certain area or whatever. and Maybe they're not doing so good. Maybe they woke up on the grumpy side of the bed. Hey, imagine that ever happening. And that takes the other person to really be that person that Christ wants him to be. You know, it was R.C. Sproul that said this quote. A married person does not live in isolation. He or she has made a promise. He or she has made a pledge, a vow to another person. And until that vow is fulfilled and the promise kept, the individual is in debt to his marriage partner. Boy, have you ever thought about that? Why don't you give me a call and tell me what struggles or what ways you have found to overcome struggles and hardships in your marriage. So I want to hear both, either struggles or hardship. Again, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Core Church, Los Angeles. And on this hour, we're talking about marriage. So I'd like to hear from you. Again, our phone number here is 888-528-2557. And so we're going to be talking about this for the whole hour here. Marriage, what does it mean to you? How has it been treating you? Where are you at in your marriage? So I'm glad you're listening today here on KKLA, and we're going to be talking about this for the rest of the day here, of course, this hour, that is. You know, it was God that created marriage. He's the one that instituted it, obviously. He said in Genesis 2.18, hey, look, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper that's suitable for him. God said, look, it's not good. What he was saying was, look, it's not rich, it's not valuable, it's not appropriate. So what did God do so that Adam would not be alone? He made a helper that was suitable for him. You know what that means? That he made someone that would complete him or complement him. Hey, understand this, guys. Us men are not complete without a woman. As all of you women listening listening right now would say, Absolutely. Obviously, that's true. So again, my name is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Core Church, Los Angeles. Give me a call so we can talk about it right after this break. Call me again here at 
888-346-2557. This is KKLA. We'll be right back here right after these commercial breaks here. Well, we're back. This is the Frank Sontag Show, and I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn from Core Church Los Angeles filling in here today. And the subject that we're talking about this hour is marriage. And we left off with understanding, and all women know this, that man is not complete without a woman. And the wall, the women said, obviously, that's why God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he removed a rib from his side. And when Adam woke up, he was like, wow, you know, there's a woman. Hey, you know, that's a good nap when you wake up and there's a woman in front of you. Okay, so notice that the bone that God took was not from Adam's foot that he would step all over Eve. Nor did he take the bone from Adam's head that the woman would rule over her husband. But he took the bone from under his arm and close to his heart. Yes, God went on to establish the marriage covenant all the way back in Genesis chapter 2. Look, you don't get much earlier than that in the Bible. Chapter 1, God was a little busy creating the heavens and the earth and everything that's seen and unseen. But in Genesis 2.24, it says, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Yes, that's where marriage begins. It's leaving and cleaving. First, we're told that we're to leave. Now, that comes from an interesting Hebrew word that means to relinquish, to depart, to abandon. Really, it's just to let go of any and all relationships and to cleave to the one another. And of course, cleaving in marriage from the Hebrew means to be joined together. It means to adhere to one another, to never be separated. And regardless of our present culture, guess what? It's a bond that is never to be broken. One woman who was having major problems with her husband put it like this. She said this, quote, My husband and I have major religious differences. She went on to say, He thinks he's God, and I don't. (laughs) It's like, well, yeah, I can imagine that. No doubt about that. You know, I think when people get married, this is what Albert Einstein, yes, the genius, this is what he had to say about marriage. He says, men marry women hoping that they will never change. Oh, there's my little dream boat. She's a little cupcake. I don't want her to ever change. But then he goes on to say, women marry men hoping they will change. And invariably, they are both disappointed because men don't change the way that women think. And women change when guys don't want them to change. It's just what happens. And again, as we said earlier, this is why a long courtship when you're dating is good because you want to see that person warts and all. It was Billy Sunday, an early evangelist, who said, Better to die an old maid, sister, than to marry the wrong man. Boy, there's a lot to say about that. Because when you marry someone that you shouldn't marry, 
then all of a sudden, like, wow, you know, hey, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't like this. And whatever misery you're having being single for those singles out there, uh, you better wait for the right person because if you marry the wrong person, the misery might be multiplied. But what do you do if you're in a marriage already and you're miserable? That's not a good combination, right? Well, maybe, just maybe, you go back to the owner's manual. You know, I drive a Jeep. I've had multiple Jeeps. And whatever car you have, it could be a Ford, Chevy, it could be, you know, a Lexus, whatever you drive. It's like they all come with an owner's manual. And what is the owner's manual? Well, it tells you how everything works, where everything's at, and what have you. And if you're anything like me, you blow by the owner's manual, you go to the quick reference book, because I always have a quick reference thing in there. Just tell me how to turn the headlights on. That's all I need right now. Just how do you turn the headlights on? But when you go to an issue or a problem with the car, you go to the owner's manual. Well, since God created the marriage covenant, it's like, if there's a problem with it, where should we go? Well, should we just go to, you know, somebody that's a therapist? Should we just go? I'm not saying that that could be wrong. But the first place that we should turn to is going to the owner's manual. And where is the owner's manual for marriage? Like, what do I do? Like, if you're in a place and position right now where your marriage is not working and you're frustrated and you're hurting and you're just like, oh, you don't know what to do. You feel like you want to go beat your head against the wall. Hey, look, I understand that. I've been married a long time. There's times I'm sure I have frustrated my wife to no end. But what do you do in those times? You go back to the owner's manual. It's interesting how God created the marriage union, all the way back in the second chapter of Genesis. But really, to be honest, all the way through the Old Testament, other than telling us that he hates marriage, I mean, uh, he hates divorce, I should say, you know, he loves marriage, but he hates divorce in Malachi chapter 3. You know, he gives some encouragement uh, in Proverbs chapter 5, but really, he doesn't give us the nuts and bolts of how to make the marriage very successful in the Old Testament, but God remedied that in the New Testament. He gave us three major texts that really talk about how do I make this marriage work? Uh, Those three texts, one of them is in Ephesians 5, another one's in Colossians 3, and another one is in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. So here on the Frank Sontag Show, as me, Pastor Steve Wilburn, Core Church Los Angeles filling in today, talking about marriage. We're going to look at just one of these texts real quickly here to help and encourage maybe someone where your marriage is struggling right now. I wonder if there's anyone listening right now where your marriage has kind of fallen from grace and it's not doing so good. Well, here's the text in Colossians 3. It starts out in verse 17 and it has another verse in verse 23 that says basically the same thing. So what it says in verse 17 is, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him, God the Father. And then he goes on in verse 23 and he says, whatever you do, you know, do all your work heartily as unto the Lord rather than men. So basically he's saying the same thing. Verse 17 of Colossians chapter 3, do everything you do is unto the Lord. Verse 23, do everything you do is unto the Lord. We got like a little Big Mac making here, two all beef patties, special sauce, special, what is it? 
2LP patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, all in a sesame seed bun. Okay, anyway, there you go. So what do we have here? We got a little Big Mac here. Well, what's in the middle here? Well, the context, because again, Scripture... You know, identify scripture, scripture interprets scripture. So what is the context of what he's saying here as as far as doing everything is under the Lord? He's talking about marriage and family. So what does he say in verse 18? Wives, be subject to your husbands as fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Well, how in the world are you going to do that in the 21st century? How are you ladies going to submit yourselves to your husbands? What? If I submit myself to him, if I submit myself, he'll he'll treat me like a doormat. He'll walk all over me. I got to stand strong. Hear me. I am woman. Hear me roar. Uh, well, hold on now. In husbands, how am I going to love my wife when her head's spinning around? And I don't even know who this woman is. It's like I married one woman and I think I got five different women in there. I don't know which one I'm going to wake up to every day. Which one is she going to be today? So I understand those frustrations. I've heard a lot of stories, and I've been in a lot of marriage counseling situations. But quickly here, what does the Bible say? Again, verse 17 and verse 23, what is encompassing, it's the bookends of what he just told us. He says, do everything you do as unto the Lord. I've heard it said from Pastor Greg Laurie, who was in Billy and Ruth Graham's house in North Carolina. And he said, above Ruth Graham's sink was a sign that says, you know, uh, duty here done three times a day, you know, uh, you know, godly duty here. She washes the dishes and she does it as unto the Lord. See, so he tells us to do everything we do is unto the Lord. So ladies, how in the world are you going to love that hairy beast of yours when he doesn't deserve to be loved? Well, God, first of all, is saying, hey, daughter, I'm just asking you to love him like I love you. How does God love you, ladies? Oh, he cherishes you. You're so precious to him. And he loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you unconditionally, meaning he loves you, ladies, in spite of you. So when you're all pretty and everything's perfect and you're all done with your bath, and your makeup is perfect and your hair's wonderful, God loves you. But he also loves you when you're in your sweats and your hair's all messy and, you know, you haven't showered yet and you had a bad night and you did some things wrong. God loves you with an unconditional love. He's saying, ladies, I want you to love that man just like I love you. That's all I'm asking. And you men, it's like, well, my wife, you don't understand. She doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, but what did God say? Love her just like I love you guys. You know, because we can be a little stubborn, a little hot under the collar at times, a little hard to get along with, all of these things. And what has God asked you to do, men? He's asked you to do what? To love that woman just like he's loved you. You know, it's amazing when we stand before God in heaven one day, what's going to be the first question that he asks? What did you do with my son? Because if we don't get that question right, there's no more questions, right? Because then it's off to the judgment. But if we get that one right, the next question is going to be, did you love your wife? Did you love your husband? Did you love your spouse like I loved you? Did you give them the same considerations that I gave you? Yes, we're talking about marriage today. we got one more segment. Don't go away because I've got something else for you here. So we'll be back in just a short time. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles sitting in for Frank Sontag on the Frank Sontag Show. I'll be right back.
Hey, this is Pastor Steve Wolper from Core Church Los Angeles. I'm filling in today for the Frank Sontag Show. Thank you for listening here today. We've been talking about marriage this hour, and so we're going to continue with just a few final thoughts here on marriage. See, the reason we're talking about marriage today is, well, look, I'm a pastor. I don't make any apologies for that. And the number one issue that we have in counseling today, and this is across the board, I think, at every church, is marriage counseling. Why is that? Well, because uh, a lot of people are struggling in their marriage. And I hope that some of the things that we've been talking about here today have encouraged you with your marriage. So let's have a couple final thoughts on this idea as we close out the hour here. Uh, Number one, love commits for life. So if you're married, stay married. Remember, marriage is not 50-50. It's not some business deal. It's not like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's sometimes marriage is a hundred nothing. So don't forget, when we come to Christ, you know, we become servants of the Lord. We humble ourselves before God and he forgives us for all of our sin. And don't we love that? Don't we love to be forgiven by God? I mean, when we've done something wrong and that guilt and that shame are overwhelming, you know what they say about guilt, right? They've done all these different indicators and studies on guilt, and they pretty much come to the conclusion after multiple time that they have spent inspecting and slicing and dicing guilt, they've come to the conclusion that when a person feels guilty, it's because they're guilty. That's right. And isn't it wonderful when that guilt and shame come upon us that we can go to our Heavenly Father, our Abba? We can cry out and find refuge and strength to help in a time of need. And that God is so gracious to forgive us. He's so merciful because God's love for us comes from the Greek word agape. It's an unconditional love, not based on condition. And don't we love that? Yes, of course we do. That's why we're Christians. We so appreciate the fact that we can go and ask forgiveness. Well, in the same way. God is asking us to forgive our spouse. I wonder if there's anyone that's driving home right now. Maybe I'm talking to some man right now. And maybe your marriage is a little rocky. It's not been so good. It's just, you know, things are a little stale and dormant right now. Let's just lay it on the line. Hey, guys, how about this? On your way home, why don't you stop and get your wife a flower? I'm not talking about a dozen roses. That'll set you back like 75 bucks. But if you stop at a florist, you can buy one rose for like six bucks. Hey, I've mastered this. And you can tell them, hey, can you put some of that fern leaf behind it and baby's breath? And they'll wrap it up. And if you tell the lady like, hey, it's for my wife. I just want to pick out one rose for her. And they'll let you go in the little refrigerated section. Pick out the perfect rose. Put the baby's breath and the fern leaf around it. And take that flower. Maybe you stop and get her favorite ice cream. And you come home bearing gifts. Look, it's only going to cost you like 10 bucks. Oh, ice cream's going up now. Well, get the one on sale. It's the thought that counts. Okay, you can pull this off, guys, for 10 bucks. And your bride will be so blessed. For no reason. You're coming home with gifts. And just tell her that you love her. It's just tell her that you appreciate her. 
Tell her that she's special to you. Don't you remember when you were courting each other? You would do all kinds of crazy things. You would stay up all night. You would text until your fingers were numb. But it's like now, what happens? You just expect everything. It's like you have to invest in romance. It doesn't happen on its own. Keep investing. And hey, how about you ladies? Yeah, maybe you get home tonight. Maybe you take that long Victoria's Secret bubble bath. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying between you and your husband. And maybe you wrap those arms around your husband and tell him that you love him and that you appreciate him. When you, you tell him that, that, you, that you're thankful that he works hard. It's like, ladies, you want love and us men want respect. It's like, let's give it to each other. Let's esteem each other. You know, the Bible says, it says in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, it says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially those of, who are of the household of the faith. So if we're supposed to be good and show love and good deeds to all people, like the guy on the street, the person hold the door open for someone. I got here to the studios here today and I held the door open for a lady that was coming in behind me. I see in her reflection, she goes, oh, well, well, thank you. Because most people don't do anything for anyone anymore. If we do that for a perfect stranger, how much more should we do it for our spouse? The one that we become one in the flesh with. So listen, ladies, men, Stop on the way home. Do something for your mate. Number two, honor your vows. Honor your vows. Stay married. You know, if you've lost your way and you've drifted apart, repent before the Lord. And true love, guess it, true love forgives, even as God forgave us. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. If you don't forgive others, I'm not going to forgive you. We need to forgive our mates. Look, we've all made mistakes. We've all said things we shouldn't have said, all those things. But as God has forgiven us, we need to forgive one another. And remember, God's a perfect example in this. He's the one that's done all of this first. Remember, God is not asking us to do anything for our mate that he has not done for us. Yes, he's forgiven us. He's been compassionate towards us. He's given us another chance. But you think, yeah, but my spouse did this, and then they did it again. They lied to me once. They lied to me twice. They lied to me three times. Strike three, they're out. Uh, How many times have we sinned against God in some areas of our life? I mean, if there's anyone that could really hold us and pin us to the wall, it's God. It's like, could you imagine going to God? Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for what I did yesterday. Yeah, you did it three days ago. You did it six weeks ago. You did it, you know, uh, last month on Thursday at two in the morning. It's like, oh, my goodness. God, God could just roast us. But he doesn't. He's compassionate. He's merciful. Let's show that same mercy to our mate. Yes, it's like love touches all. It should touch our enemies. It should touch our neighbors. It should touch uh, our family members that have wronged us. But more than anything, it should touch our spouses. And just think, for those of you that have children in the home, what better example of love could you be to your children than to love their mother or father? 
It's like, that's the greatest thing that you could leave your children as a heritage. You know, my parents divorced when I was 16 years old and they both left and I was on my own. And people say, oh, you know, kids are resilient. They'll get over it. Yeah, well, guess what? Not really. No, you never really get over that. But when kids see their parents making mistakes, going back and apologizing and mending that marriage, there's nothing you could pass on to your children that is greater than loving your spouse, loving their mother, loving their father. That will be passed on to them, and it will mean something to them that is more important than anything that you could ever imagine. Yes, it is great wisdom to love our spouse. It is great wisdom to do the things that God would have us to do for them because that is the example that God wants to show us. And that's why he said to us, and do not be drunk with wine, which is a dissipation, but it's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you're thinking like, well, uh, how in the world could I ever pull this off? I don't have enough strength to do this. But guess what? Guess what? God can give us the strength to do it. He says, do you not know that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? I mean, if it was up to us to pull up our own bootstraps to make this happen, we would all fail in this. But hey, here's the good news. The spirit of God dwells inside of you and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What a glorious thought that is. And that's why we wanted to look at marriage today. And I pray that you would do everything you can to glorify God in your marriage. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles filling in on the Frank Sontag Show. Thank you so much for listening.